0: It's rock and vino. All right.
1: Good afternoon, and welcome to Rockin' Vino here on KSRO. I am Michelle Marquis, and that is Coco. Hey, Coco. How's it going? Good, good. Uh, our show, of course, is sponsored by American Ag Credit. We thank them for that. And uh, we're definitely going to be rocking out here mm-hmm. in the studio because we have some musicians, and uh, there's a wine connection here, too. You're going to love it. Uh, Rhodes Devereaux, the band, is here. Ian Devereaux-White and Jefferson Lee Rhodes, thank you, fellas, for joining Joining us today. Thank
0: you for having us. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And uh, we want to start probably with Ian. Let's get a little bit uh, of your story because I think it encompasses everything that Rock and Vino is about. You've got the Vino (laughs) component, the Rock component. Uh, So tell us a little bit about uh, your background.
2: Um, my background goes all the way back to writing for Lonely Planet travel guides, which ultimately led me to write about wine and travel the world learning about wine. And I was interviewing somebody uh, for wine Enthusiast, actually, and he asked me, he said, Hey, dude, so uh, how long have you been writing? I was like, I think about 12 years. And he went, Wow that is a long time to just tell other people's stories. <laughs> ah, <And> I was, <laughs> right. I, like, I see where Dude. this is going. Right? Yeah, and I left that interview, went back to uh, my office that I shared with a friend who has been, he and his family have been farming since the 60s in Napa Valley, and I said, hey man, I want to buy some grapes and make a wine. He said, I have a better idea. I'm farming like 50 different vineyards. Let's get long-term leases on these vineyards and start a winery together. Hmm. And we did, and that was 13 vintages ago now.
1: Wow. That's and amazing. What's the name of your winery?
2: Smith Devereaux. Okay, is the so the name of the winery. Napa that Valley. was
1: with that partner that you worked together with to to found things, right? It was.
2: There were three of us: John Chouchard, John Chouchard, Steve Smith. And, and I did. I started the uh, winery. Nice.
3: nice. And your partner, um, Steve Smith, he was a music manager, so he kind of brings like the music part to the Smith Devere Wines. I know you guys have partnered with some musicians for some wines and whatnot. Um, how has that worked out with the brand, and how did that kind of evolve?
2: Well, it's been wonderful. Steve and I actually met through a musical. Uh, event that we were both a part of called Live in the Vineyard, and mm, he was yeah. there with some musicians, and I was hosting some wine events, and we met there, and uh, we started talking about making a wine and what it would be like with one of his musicians, and so we actually launched the brand with the wine that we made for Whole Foods with Matt Carney, one of his artists. Nice. And so it was actually that moment where we learned that we both had an interest in changing what we were doing. We both found out that how deep our connections in music went, because I have been playing since I was about... 13 years old with... Jefferson sitting right here actually and Steve had 19 years in the music industry at that point wow and was really ready to grow beyond the music industry and try something new and I was trying to pull my world of wine back into music yeah perfect time isn't
3: it amazing how the two are like so um simpatico to one another they're just it just goes hand in hand it's, it's very
2: very similar I mean winemaking and and uh, being part of a winery and and having mother mother earth kind of tell you what you're going to do I think in so many ways is similar to playing music because you you can do everything you can sit down and say i'm gonna make the perfect wine." but if mother nature doesn't you know doesn't uh, allow you what you need then you cannot do that and if you just sit down like i'm writing my best song ever today <laughs> that's probably not gonna happen either you gotta <laughs> wait for the inspiration you yeah. might show up at your favorite venue you're like dude i can't wait to play here and it's an empty room and you still gotta play hard you might show up at the winery be ready to harvest but like right now the grapes aren't ready for you
3: yeah, yeah. and they're still not ready is that right
2: uh, some of them are. Uh, Merlot is starting to come in. The whites okay. are definitely coming in, but my Cabernet, I think we're looking at another two to three weeks. Dang, I know.
1: Late harvest. Wow. It is. So you approach wine. You're the the vintner uh, for the the winery. So, um, how what what kinds of things do you get to do on a day to day for the winery?
2: On day to day, it changes every single day. Some days I'm out in the vineyard hosting wine club members, pouring wines. Other days I'm out testing grapes to see how they taste. A lot of other times I'm sitting behind a computer and talking to distributors or doing analysis of numbers and sales and what's happening in different states. I just got back from a wonderful trip to Arizona where I was hosting events and playing music and also learning that the market is changing drastically right now. And I'll be heading to Texas Mm. later in this week to do that exact same thing. So some days it's at home with my computer, some days it's in the vineyard, sometimes it's on the road. It is ever-changing and always uncertain, but I really embrace that uncertainty and. And just sort of keeping an open mind and open heart and seeing what comes.
1: Mm-hmm. Keeps you on your toes. yeah, No doubt. <laughs> so what are the changes that you're seeing in the market?
2: People are wanting... Less expensive wines. Right mm-hmm. now, people, uh, you know, we make we make a very elastic good. You can go to a spot and buy a natural wine, and nobody knows what natural means. Right. And yeah. But you can feel good about it. It's like this is natural, and you can <laughs> buy one for nine dollars, and it's got a bunch of sugar in it. and It tastes pretty good, and 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 you get a buzz from it. And you're like, cool. I spend eleven dollars. Why would I right now when I'm a little worried about the economy? Go spend. on a a similar thing. And so, people are leaning into that. As I mentioned briefly there, there's some consumer confusion as to what estate wines are, what the difference is between different regions, and specifically Mm -hmm. what natural versus biodynamic or organic or other... These, these marketing terms that are being thrown around, what they really mean. And so, we're seeing people go to wonderful places like Total Wines. They do a great job, but they're going there and they're filling up their carts um, with, with wine brands that are on sale and, and that may not have a lot of history, or may, uh, and, and not leaning so much into supporting the smaller brands that might be a little bit more expensive, that might be a little bit more hands-on.
1: Mm-hmm, right. So, that's going to be important then to tell your story when you're talking about your wines as well, that that, that is... the the major selling point of the wine, that it does have history, that it does have all of this music connected to it and your life and your writing and your travel and everything else that goes with it.
2: Yeah, I think human connection is really important in music, but but definitely in wine as well, because when you get to sit down and open a bottle and have a story behind that, have an experience behind it, and share that experience and that love and that story with other people, not just I like the flavor, but I sat down with the vintner of this wine, or I was in the vineyard and I tasted the grapes, or I'm in this wine club and we did a great event with, with someone or somewhere at a, at a restaurant. It's similar to being at a concert. You know, Jeff and I go play, so Jefferson and I go play somewhere. And you know, it's, it's one thing to have heard the song. It's another thing to hear us play it and then meet us after the show yeah. mm-hmm. or come backstage and, and see how glamorous that is. Oh, <laughs> really, really, really fancy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and I think that the more we can involve human beings in these experiences and, and make them a part of the story mm-hmm. instead of just tell them the story, the more they'll be willing to, to spend a little more or the more they'll be willing to tell their friends about the new song or get involved or come to the show.
3: Nice. And now when you work with some of these musicians, so you've worked with um, Kenny Arnoff, I think maybe most recently. Mm -hmm. Um, How does that come about? And how does that partnership work? Like what is there? Do they get to taste the wine? Do they have any input on the wine? Um, Like how does that whole process work?
2: Um, it's, it's different every time. A, a lot of that is born out of the fact that you know Jefferson and I have been playing music together since we were 15 years old. And so we both have connections that are pretty deep in the music industry. And so I met Kenny through, through connections in the industry. And when I'm going to make a wine with somebody, it's never going to have their name on it. It's always mm-hmm. going to be something else, a brand that can live on its own. And it's mm-hmm. going to require... You know, nine months to a year and a half of being part of the process, coming to the vineyard, going through blending sessions, understanding what it is. Because in my world, as we just mentioned, it's all about the story. It's about the experience. And in order for people to be a part of that story or experience, it has to be authentic. It has to be genuine. And so if he's going to get out there and sell this wine and put his name on it and I'm going to do the same, then we need to have an authentic connection. Mm -hmm. And he needs to be able to say, I was there when we bottled this. I picked the blend. I chose this blend because it's smooth and silky. It's rock and roll. Whatever word's he chooses to describe it my belief is that if it's not authentic if he's not truly involved in the process then people will know and yeah. it won't be any fun for me anyway these are my grapes this is my fruit i spent a lot of money and time growing these i don't really want to put all of that love and labor into a bottle that isn't true from start to finish
1: absolutely yeah can you uh, tell us which other artists that you have worked with to develop um wines with
2: yeah, I made one, a couple wines with Brett Denon, who's one of my favorite musicians. Uh, he's he's wonderful. What a great singer-songwriter. He's just the best. And then I've, I've made wines with Matt Carney, uh, who's another really good dude, and he writes some great songs out there in Nashville. And I'm also making a wine with uh, a comedian, uh, I think an artist, an artist of laugh perhaps, his name's Cedric the Entertainer.
1: Heck yeah! And, <laughs> and <laughs> all of awesome. these wines
2: are for a good cause. We, donate, oh, we okay. donate to charity. The Kenny Aronoff wine, we donate to Alana's Voice, which is foundation for mental health um, and mm. they do uh, so many different things i want to get even won't even get into it and then with cedric we donate to a national literacy fund called red rose reeds named after his mother red rose or rosetta b kyle's also the namesake of the wine uh, mm. which is rosetta or Seta for short
1: it's <sighs> delicious i've tried it <laughs> <laughs> nice nice so how do people uh get your wines and try them
2: Smithdevero.com mm-hmm. is the best way to do that. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok and all those other places. And just reach out. Go to the contact page and find my email address or my phone number. My cell phone is on there. Mm-hmm. And reach out to me directly. Uh, I don't charge for tastings. Uh, I just hang out with you in the vineyard. I don't have a tasting room or anything like that. This is really just about coming and having an experience in the vineyard. And so go to the website, go to Instagram, reach out. You'll you'll get directly in contact with me uh, for better or worse, I guess. But,
1: uh, <laughs> so. That's amazing though. I think that that is such a great idea. It, it happens at some wineries, but I like that idea of being able to go into the vineyard, go stand next to a row, look at the grapes, ask questions, and really get a feeling for where wine comes from and, and how it grows and that it is, a, you know, an agricultural product, right? I yeah. mean, that's really important that people need to realize. I mean, people obviously know it on one level, but to be there in the vineyard is wonderful.
2: It is. One of my favorite things, and I was just doing this yesterday, is to host people in the vineyard, and I pour some Cabernet in their glass, and we walk out there, and I actually just cut some berries right off, and I ta- we taste them together, and we yeah. talk about the difference between the wine and the berries, and we talk about why we aren't harvesting yet and, and how we choose when we're going to harvest and what that flavor change will be over the next couple couple weeks and Mm -hmm. even the texture and density of the seed within the berry, Hmm. how that's going to change. And that's how we know it's time to pick. Uh, So it's really cool to show them the finished product and and just cut them some berries right off the vine.
1: Yeah. And people's misconceptions. They, you know, think table grapes and they think they're going to be these massive honking grapes, (laughs) right? But they're not. A lot of times it's little teeny tiny berries, right?
2: That's right. Very, very tiny, especially with Cabernet. As a matter of fact, it's the the size of the grape that matters so much because the skin is really where most of the flavor comes from. Ah, yes, um, of course. And, and so it's having that contact uh, with the skin and those small, the small berries that, that makes all the difference.
1: Nice. So exciting. All right. So we have to bring in Jefferson. Yeah. So let's talk. Your, your story actually goes further back, right? Uh, then, you know, prior to all the, the wine making. Well,
0: and as far as what how far back we going i mean uh you and i have been writing songs since we were 15 years old and and getting back and getting a chance to play with my best friend in the world you know is, is a truly an honor again like I, I was mentioning to you ladies it's like i never thought i'd be playing music again you know and uh, that experience the song that we're going to be playing here for you guys is, mm-hmm. is kind of both of our experience with life and and how it's just found us at different places and uh, putting our best foot forward and then seeing uh Kind of just living with it, let go, let God, kind of thing, you know. We'll see, we'll see where this where this
2: takes us.
1: Yeah. So, how did you meet?
0: How did we
2: meet? How did we meet? It was <laughs> probably, you probably got a better memory. I mean, it was it was in high school. My memory was he was a year older, at least a grade above my friend Adam and I, and we came to uh, we 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 came into college park and jeff was in a band with a guy named brandon and a guy named jeff kelly and And the three of them were playing and they were interested in another guitarist and so i came and jammed with them at this little warehouse studio that i think uh ryan kelsey to bring back an old man another high school friend let them use and so i came in and started playing and uh, i played cliss of dover or something like that and everybody looked at it like you
0: signed, man. This Sign is awesome. This guy up. Yeah, and then and then and then things
2: got a little <laughs> rocky because Jeff Kelly, who's a wonderful human, but uh, you know, heart on his sleeve. I'm walking around and I see that he says, like on his shoe, he had written like "Die, Ian," and all these oh. other things because there was like this feeling like I was sort of moving in, and, mm-hmm. and then Adam, my best friend, who who we learned to play guitar with, and I learned to play with in seventh grade. The two of us started writing songs with Jeff, and yeah. at first there was like all this sort of anger, and and then next thing I know. Right. We had a drummer like, yeah, and everything just kind of
0: lined up. You know, and it was funny about that. Is, you know, we're still all friends to this day. And uh, it's kind of like two bands became one. Then we'd go on surf trips and, and camping and all that, and it just kind of became
2: a, a great experience for everyone.
1: That's so great. I love all of that emotion and that drama. You work that into your songs, right?
2: <laughs> no question about it. And, and as he alluded to, both of us were sort of recently, I, we were across the country, but we were both both really close to the edge um, or, or, or really kind of living disastrous uh, lives at a certain, certain point for different reasons. And, um, you know, it was at the same time so far away and then coming back together and writing Found and and the other songs we're working on uh, it was really about having gone through these really difficult experiences you know near death I think in, in many ways but I think really yes near death experiences far away from each other and then coming back together and having found a really similar perspective on life and faith and love and living for the moment and writing from the heart and authenticity and to find each other at this time and to be you know, parroting almost these these words and these experiences and and both the sadness and the joy um, that we had. Found separately and now bringing that together into music. It's a uh, man. It's a blessing. Absolutely,
1: mm, that's so exciting. All right. Well, why don't we take a quick break here? We are going to have uh, Rhodes Devereaux, the band, play their song "Found." Coming up in the next segment. Uh, if you want to find out more about the winery, at smithdevereaux.com. Devereaux is D-E-V-E-R-E. U X Devereaux, uh, and have you guys got a website or an Insta for your band? Rhodes
2: Devereaux. Yes, you can find us on TikTok, TikTok, and on Instagram. That's okay. where we're communicating and where we're pushing it. We're also, we found is secretly released. We haven't told people yet, but oh. I guess we, I guess this is the announcement. It is on both Spotify and on iTunes now, so you can nice. find uh, Found by Rhodes Devereaux on both of those spots. And please take it, add it to your uh, add it to your playlist. Follow the band if you will. Uh, we're still learning about how all of this works for us. It's really just about the love of music and it's just been an incredible opportunity to be on the stage at Blue Note and another place is sharing our music and it's you know the momentum we've got going is really exciting too.
1: Super fun. All right Ian Devereaux-White and Jefferson Lee Rhodes here in studio with us for Rock and Vino. We'll be right back. This is KSRO.
3: Anyone who wants to start in agriculture needs a lender who's willing to help. American Ag Credit is dedicated to serving the credit needs of young young beginning and small producers including alternate financing and guarantee options for those who may not qualify under our normal lending requirements we're building the future of agriculture alongside those who want to be part of it learn more at agloan.com/young american ag credit your future grows here
0: it's rock and vino all right
1: To Rock and Vino, I am Michelle Marquis along with Coco. Hey, Coco, how's it going? Good, good. It is so much fun. We got it. This is a first, at least for this version of Rock and Vino here at KSRO. We haven't had anybody perform live on our show yet, so that's this right. It's gonna be really, really fun. It's a nice little treat for sure. Yeah, it is. Uh, so um, our our guests here are Ian Devereaux, White, and Jefferson Lee Rhodes together. They are Rhodes Devereaux Band. Um, Ian, you played at Bottle Rock. What was that experience like?
2: Oh, it was magical. I'm going to be honest with you. It was so cool to be on that stage. You know, what uh, Scoggins and Graham and these other guys, uh, I live in Napa Valley, so I know some of the people that are involved. What they've built there is just fantastic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, some of my favorite artists were playing. You know, I've, I've seen Tom Petty there mm-hmm. that, you know, at that smash, especially Pumpkins played that year. And so did the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And those are influence of mine, people that I love. And to be on the same ticket, even at the very bottom, <laughs> was yeah. really meaningful. And I actually got to kick off the event and so you know we played a bunch of our songs and people kind of people came running and were singing lyrics back to us and and it was a really magical experience and they treat you so well as an artist there uh you know they have every they pull out all the stops just to make sure everybody's happy and comfortable and so to be on that stage to have people i knew and didn't know singing lyrics back um to be playing with some other fantastic musicians and to be included in that man super cool
1: Yeah. Wow, that's wonderful. Uh, Now, uh, your first performing days, back when you guys were in high school and stuff, did you go out and uh, perform as a band, like at at different venues and things?
0: Absolutely. I mean, our our first name out there was... uh well, standing room only, which is funny, because coming here, it's KSRO. we like, "Hey, Ian, look at S-R-O. this." Yeah. Uh-huh. SRO, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Full circle, baby. <laughs> Perfect.
1: So, uh, were you able then to um, to go into venues where it was like twenty one and over?
0: Yeah, we're not supposed to release that information. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm we <laughs> uh, sorry. We were, we were a little bit underage, but, so we won't win any names, size. but we, we yeah exactly. <laughs> That's but hilarious. We were able to play in uh, some places just before they truly started opening up. You know, right. so I was like, okay, in out.
1: Gone. Right, that's then, right.
2: See you
0: next week. Hush, hush. Let's go. That's hush. right. We played a lot of
2: them. Yeah, because we were under twenty one, they'd make us leave right away. We'd yeah. play, play long sets, and they'd like walk us onto the stage and walk us off of the <laughs> stage. That <laughs> is so
1: funny. One of my favorite bands in Seattle was a high school band that that sort of like made it big. They mm-hmm. ended up getting signed when they were like twenty years old. So they would play all the time at different pubs and bars and things, and it was the same thing. They had to be escorted yep. into the building <laughs> and then escorted back out just to make sure you know that they were yeah. you know. Alcohol rules are important. Yes. Very and why? It's because
2: yeah. if they let us stick around, right. I know for sure oh, yeah, we would have you know, been trying to find <laughs> our way. Maybe, <laughs> maybe another song would have came from you. Know. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. You could have you named uh, your band Roads to Ruin, right? You know. No. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Hey, look at that. Yeah. Oh. Amazing, amazing. So before uh, you play the song, can you tell us a little bit about this this song?
2: Oh, uh, this is a song that we wrote together, and and it's about coming together. Frankly, we always sort of reference the Beatles. It's about issues that we see in society: separation, uh, people, you know, identifying in so many different ways, uh, and about humanity, about coming together to accept each other for who who we are uh, and and embrace our differences and love who you want to love be who you want to be do what you want to do don't hurt anybody else but don't judge anyone else and don't tell anyone else what to do either just respect each other and so the song is about humanity it's about love it's about uniting you know for me at least part of this was during like the period of covid we saw so many people coming together uh, whether you believe in COVID or not, it doesn't matter. What mattered to me was that people were finding unity, mm-hmm. and, 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 and that was a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And so through all of this, uh, through these experiences, I just, you know, and Jeff can probably speak to this as well, but it's, it's just it's about humanity and, and fighting well, together.
0: Finding purpose within us to find peace, you know, acceptance. Everyone, you know. Acceptance yeah.
2: and peace. Yeah, that's, that's right.
1: That's great. All right, so uh, let's hear it right now. The song is found. It uh, is Rhodes Devereaux here on KSRO. Yay! <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Everybody,
3: clap. Everybody Woo!
1: <laughs> <laughs> round of applause. Oh, that was amazing. Wow, what a beautiful song. I feel a lot of emotions when I'm hearing that song. Like, we've all been through rough times. Like, everyone can identify when things have been Really tough. Uh, and uh, that's just a beautiful expression of it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, of course. Thank <laughs> we you. We are going to continue our conversation uh on our podcast, so check that out at rockinvino.com r-o-c-k-n-v-i-n-o dot com, and we'll see you next time by Coco. Bye.
0: It's and vino. All right.
1: Welcome back to Rock and Vino. This is the podcast portion of the show. Uh, and if you just heard a little bit of a clip there that said, now for the song, and you didn't hear the song, it's because you're listening to the podcast, but you can go to Spotify right now and look up Rhodes Devereaux and listen to their song Found, and then also follow them for more music. So how is the songwriting process going? You guys have come back together to form this band. What's it like?
0: Uh, it was pretty funny. Uh, Ian, you know, approached me with this song idea that he had, and uh, I think what was like a week later, we just let's go in the studio now. You know, <laughs> so neither of us were really prepared. To, you know, the first take, and you know, I think we went in the, the beginning of August, and uh, you know, we just kind of okay, you go, I'll go. We'll see how this song comes together. And the song's kind of taken over its life of its own. It started off a lot faster, then we slowed it down. Um, and yeah, the whole songwriting process, we write together. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we'll bounce ideas around you know, different verses. What do you think about this line here? Does it fit with
2: that? And uh, yeah, that's kind of how it's been coming together. Yeah. I remember being on an airplane, and uh, we, I I'd signed on, and we were, we were going back and forth. On this song, and, and he sent me over this lyric, these lyrics. I'm like, you know, I just, I just not, I don't see this fitting, and, and I don't. I mean, I, I, love the lyric, but this is the way that I feel like the song progresses, and this, this just, I don't feel like this is going to work out. And then so he just uploaded a video of him playing, and it. it's like, oh, that is so much better than what I had. Okay, can we just never mind? That is, that's, that's, let's do that.
3: Wow. And how do you guys <laughs> deal with that when maybe there is uh, a disagreement on the direction that a song should go?
2: You know he's bigger than I am, so he, he just takes me to do things. Uh, so he he just tells me what to do. Yeah, I don't know. We haven't really run into that. Do you guys arm way. wrestle over it? No,
0: it's it's really just about you know we we try to stay true to the song. Um, you know, a lot of the times we will have a line that rhymes perfectly, mm-hmm. but necessarily takes the song you know, song a whole other mm-hmm. direction. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of say, okay, well, is it going to stay true to what this song is about, or is it going to take us in another direction, you know? Mm. And so far, so good, you know? We've got, well, I mean, we've got another opportunity. We're recording with Dean Miller uh, in Nashville, yeah. and then we've uh, got another opportunity where we're recording in Grass Valley at Porn Studios with uh, another original song that we we're hoping to release, uh, hopefully all three, by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So, but, That's yeah, great. I mean, we haven't really, it has, it's been really easy, you know, That's getting good. back to
2: writing with Ian. We've yeah. been doing it a while, so, I mean...
1: So you did you write songs together when you were fifteen years old? Oh yeah, yeah.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. And and in so many different ways. Sometimes Jeff would write a song and bring it to the to the band, and generally those were our best songs, and that really drove the other singer crazy. Um, <laughs> but there were other songs we were, were talking about earlier, like we wrote one called song called the uh, Opium Dream, and none of us had ever tried opium or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. So that was,
1: I, w- I would hope not at yeah, years we were fifteen. <laughs> it was actually yeah. off
2: of a cigarette high. I think I uh, I, would, I was uh, I thought I was drink- smoking like a Camel Light or something like that, and I was a kid anyway, so I didn't know the difference. But it turned out to be like a marble a red or some kind of ultra-wide thing. And so I was like stumbling around on a cigarette high and came up with the beginning of a song called Opium Dream. And right at the same time, Jeff had written a really cool riff, and I had written a completely different riff. And we played them at the same time, and they went just together. Went it was just crazy. Yeah. They just yeah. went together. And then so we wrote that song, having never tried opium, but sort of imagining what that experience might be like and also really channeling Soundgarden and some of the other really creative songwriting, Chris Cornell and other people who i I guess probably we're having more authentic experiences, but uh. yeah. Have you ever seen the music video for Black Hole Sun? Yes, yeah. very much. so. Yeah. Right, right.
1: So, speaking of what kinds of musical influences would you say you have?
0: Oh man, I'm all over the map. You know, I write in so many different genres. You know, uh, one minute I say gorillas, you know, and then mm. I could say, you know, um, Ryan Bingham. You know, from, you know, I, I listen to so much music. You know, I don't, I don't really like to limit myself. But I think what we're aimed at doing is kind of an alternative country Americana kind of sound. Nice. Um, yeah. I feel like
3: that's but, becoming like a very popular genre right now. Absolutely. Like a little like alternative country rock influence. It's mm-hmm. like Jelly Roll for example. Right. You know it's just it's like resonating with people which is, is really really cool it is
2: there something I think there's something down to earth about it something real something um, even unproduced about it you know something that really uh, connects with people and it's mm-hmm. certainly connecting with us you know for me some of the influences would be Tom Petty uh, is is definitely something that we're leaning into and I know that's not unique but also a, a band called need to breathe mm-hmm. that is doing a great job of making killer rock and roll but it's really down to earth and it's got some country vibes to it and I think that what they're doing is is wonderful and then I, I have to say that some of our earlier influences always pop up. Stone Temple Pilots yeah. uh, mm-hmm. is, a, is a big part of what we do, and uh, one of the songs we're working on right now called "Trains." Um, and so, I, so I do hear '90s rock kind of come up as well as part of part of those. But even when we're playing that '90s rock, you can hear sort of this earthy country Americana vibe that's pulling through.
1: Nice. So you mentioned Nashville. Are you going there to to write to record?
0: I think it's going to be uh, just a, a recording. Uh, recording option at this point in time okay um and it's kind of interesting because i've never recorded this way so i mean we have the ability to fly to nashville and do it there in person but nowadays with technology it's like well you mean you can just zoom call me and we can just see how this recording is going to go and i'll I'll do the vocal for you right you know so i'm really interested to see how that process is going to work out you know so but yeah it'll be interesting how that goes i figure
2: we'll just do it probably in grass valley Okay. It's
0: more local to, to
2: both right? Of us. Yeah, right, we'll be doing yeah. the Grass Valley thing in person, and yeah. then the hope is that if this all goes well, um, you know, we're going to do our four songs. We're going to do them acoustically and bring people along for the journey on Instagram and on TikTok, where people can be a part of the songwriting. They can hear the demo tracks, the nice. the mistakes, um, and also sort of those those collaborative moments that become so beautiful. And then, you know, while everybody's along for the ride, then we'll release the full band uh, EP. And so that's sort of our hope and our plan is to involve people in the music as as we go. And so Recording, I think, will mirror that as we do our short recording experiences, both you know, virtually and, and at the studio, and then uh, grow that into something bigger.
1: That reminds me a little bit of your bringing people into the vineyard, right? It is that step of, you know, <laughs> wanting to know how, I mean, the sausage is made or whatever, but, you know, how the wine is made. Like, it, uh, I everything. mean, it's it's something that people are curious about, and it makes them have a stronger connection to mm-hmm. what eventually comes out. Yeah, I think absolutely. that's so cool. Yeah. That's
3: right. Um, if and when you guys go on tour, who would be your dream lineup? Who would be, like, he you'd like to go on tour oh, with?
0: Chris Stapleton. For, sure. Oh, yeah, I mean, for yeah, sure, he's so yeah. amazing, such an amazing songwriter, mm-hmm. but, no doubt. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean that's like, yeah, that's the pinnacle of it. But then, I mean, I can say Jack Johnson, I can say Donovan Frankenrider you know. I mean,
2: yeah, even G Love and the Special G-Lovin Sauce would <laughs> <know, that'd> be so <laughs> yeah. yeah. fun yeah. to get up with him. Oh, yeah, that's so, for sure. So and cool. they go surfing. Go, yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah,
0: I mean that's the thing. We've, I mean we've been trying to develop this sound called Surf Country. You know, it's just kind of you know our mm. experiences as kids, it's sublime
2: and going surfing yeah. right. up and down the yeah. coast and things like that.
0: But I mean, it, I guess Brad Paisley did it to an extent a little bit. Mm-hmm. just that vibe, that good time, barefoot vibe, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think some of those guys would do it, you know. But I, heck, I don't know. I just like, I just like touring and playing on the road anyway. It's amazing nice. the people that you meet.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do your songs change as as musicians? Have you noticed that your songs change as you go out on the road and that they evolve?
0: Sometimes you have to adapt on the fly, like mm-hmm. you're forgetting a verse, you know, or a line in right. the song. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, for the most part, they're they're similar to the recording. But I mean, the, the live energy that you project when you're performing is completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not sick of hearing the song fifty thousand times. You know, one more take. You know.
2: Yeah. 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 So when it's live, it's right here. here this is. Yeah, it. that's you're what in, it is. Right that you
1: know. experience very very cool
2: right and on we're we're, uh, we're talk. we've got some stuff going in arizona and some other places and i think each place we do go i had to play one alone without jeff and that was an interesting experience it hmm. just felt like really i was singing the whole thing and playing the whole thing i was like dude i miss jefferson uh, yeah. and so but i had to adapt and i had to just kind of do that and and do do the best that i could and i think that moving forward the more that we can do together whether it be in prescott you know which i know in november there are going to be some opportunities and we've got a lot of opportunities i think to play and i think that playing live, whether it be at Blue Note, like we just did, Mm -hmm. uh, or or other places, in each venue, I have a feeling that it will be a different experience, because for the two of us, it's really about being in that moment, and it's about authenticity, and in order to, I think, be authentic and, you know, really be a part of that crowd and be a part of the story you got to feel what's going on and if it's a, everybody's up and dancing well then found it's probably going to be, be faster, faster, and loud <laughs> right? right and yes, if, we might yeah. have to come out with yeah. a reggae version of it right? that's right. Go, right who knows exactly <laughs> yeah. i love the, that we can do that the um, surf rock together. version yeah. that's right yeah. there you go. that's right so you know play to the crowd it's so important to involve them and if everybody's <laughs> up and dancing you know you play it, let them dance if they're chilling and they want to hear it if it's an introspective evening you know play it even a little slower so that people can really hear you know add some extra bars of just music so they can think about the words Nice.
3: And every venue has its own vibe as well. Um, Are there any bucket list venues that you guys want to play?
2: I think you, you've well, got Grand Ole Opry things like that. I mean, oh, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I want to play some festivals. I love yeah. uh, Live in the Vineyard, Gone Country is a local one that I really, to yeah. really play. Bobby Hatch Jacobs and her team do some amazing things. So we played, uh, we've played a couple of different live things with her. I'd like to do that. I'd like to play festivals. We've been talking more and more about playing festivals so that we can watch what other people do, be mm. backstage, and have conversations with yeah. those people. So some of the larger national festivals would be really cool. I'd love to get into Coachella, but also some of the smaller events, uh, whether that in narlins or uh or, or austin getting into some small groups Yeah, and
0: any kind of local festival you know yeah. it's just always, like i said you know I, i've i've been traveling since i was 17 years old and you know i've played in some really seedy places and uh you know, <laughs> at right. the time the music industry has completely changed you know like back then we were kind of under the impression that you know you play anywhere and everywhere you know and someone's gonna hear you you know right but mm-hmm. now it's completely different you know right, but yeah. i mean so for me like it's not so much about venues or about you know being there in the moment who's coming here all right you're with me let's find our tribe if you like it I love it, you know.
1: Very cool. Right on. All right, we have to ask you some wine questions mm. and wine and music mm. specifically. It, these are some of our sort of lightning round questions that we like to ask. All right. Um if you would pair say these wines that you brought here, what what kind of music, what artist or album would you pair with the wine that you've brought in?
2: Well, i got a California red blend over there that's really fun and playful, but it's got a lot of depth to it, so I'd say Led Zeppelin going to California mm. would be sort of an ideal pairing for mm-hmm. that one. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, uh, that's uh, I love what they do. And the other one's a Kenny Arnoff one, and so he just got he just came back from tour with uh, Joe Satriani, uh, so I'd say it's a Satriani song, or I know that he was also John Mellencamp's drummer, so Wild Nights or something like that would uh, be, a, fun yeah. line. That'd be great. a great song because <laughs> that's all about having a wild night.
0: That'd be fun, like little Spotify playlists you do. Heck yeah, do it. Yeah, good idea. yeah.
2: Yeah. An idea is born. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it all begins. I already copyrighted that just right now. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's go. <laughs> all
3: right, Coco. Um, all right, so when you guys are at home uh, on a good night, what are you eating? What are you drinking? And what are you listening to?
2: You first, man. Me first? Yeah. Uh, all right, so it is lightning round. So, when I am at home, what am I listening to? I'm listening to whatever my kids put on <laughs> the, um, the the their radio uh, or their, their, their LP player, their record player right now, and that has been the Stone Foxes a lot. Oh, a great local that's awesome. band. Yeah. So, yeah. yes, we've been listening to a lot of Stone Foxes. Uh, we've been eating a mix of different pastas, I just, there's a woman named uh, Cooking with Manuela on on Instagram or Cook with Manuela, and she's given me some awesome ideas and pairings, and so I've been making some pasta with her that uh, is tomato-based, tomato sauce, really simple, but actually she uses a lot of garlic and also red peppers, and so I've been finding some different flavored peppers uh, at uh, at the farmer's market and throwing that in, so listening to Stone Foxes eating peppers and just kicking with my two boys, Benjamin and Sonny, five and nine years old, and my wife Ariana, and uh, you know, if I'm with that crew... There's nothing go wrong
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Love it
0: myself, Beat uh, that. I don't know, I'm sure I can. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I live about 45 minutes east of Reading, you know, I've uh, got 13 acres with my wife and my daughter, uh, Isana, and she's going through a big Michael Jackson face, you know, which I love, like, cool, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think I have my old, uh, little leather zip up jacket that you okay. had in, in Thriller. Uh, so <laughs> she's like, dad, where is you're cool. it? cool. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, until, until you know, until I'm just like, dad, you know, whatever. Like, uh. <laughs> but, um, you know, what we're trying to turn the property into is what we had in Idaho and, uh, you know, where we, we raise chickens on our properties, we, we planted our own food, and we, that's how we, we ate. Um, so right now, you know, chicken, I, I'm, I'm kind of a protein guy, carnivore here. Got it. Um, a lot of that. And then, yeah, listening to anything and everything, Michael Jackson to Chris Stapleton to freaking Stone Temple Pilots all over the map, you know. And it's just a, just a great experience being able to kind of see your hard work come up from the roots, you know. And, like, I know that you can kind of identify with that. Mm-hmm. With your wines
1: so. oh, that's awesome Very mm. cool Alright you're stuck On a desert island You can only take Three albums with you This is a really Hard question And it's, it's not really fair is. To pop on people <laughs> Without any preparation So I apologize But you can only Take three albums For the rest of
2: time What are your Three albums Oh I think Led Zeppelin Two Yeah definitely uh, Would be one uh, Probably Stone Temple Pilots MTV Unplugged Oh yeah um, mm-hmm. Really good Would be another one And yeah. Tom Petty Wildflowers Would be oh, the third Great
1: choices Wow I like that
2: you practice, did you get like I didn't get these questions in advance did just, did just
1: come like that?
2: So they didn't give you the questions no no yeah
0: no that's I don't, you I'm don't. Yeah,
1: really proud
2: no the reason that came up so fast and this will give you a chance to think is my uh, my stepfather and uh, my friend Adam who comes back from London every now and then and my brother Brett and I get together every, uh, every holiday season and we have a music night where we put on two songs at a time and we talk about why those songs are meaningful <gasps> to us that's cool
1: this is such a great idea and
2: we love it and we spend we'll be up till four in the morning sometimes just playing these songs and it really is a wonderful way to connect and to, t- to talk about life and to learn about new music and yeah. so recently my friend Adam moved to London and he hasn't been back a lot and so I wanted to play some music that would pull us back uh, into into our past mm-hmm. and so those were the three albums that I was like all right these are moments that were magical for me and so if I figure if, I, if those are the albums of Make me feel closest to the people who I love most, um, or some of the people I love most, um, <laughs> then uh, then that would be a great thing to have on a desert island.
1: Yeah. Coco, we have to do this. This sounds really fun. We do. We've been talking about doing something like this. We, but we sure need to. have. Let's yeah. It. Right. It's a lot okay. of talk, no action. <laughs> no. <laughs> no action. <laughs> no. All right,
3: Jefferson, you're up.
0: Oh, okay. Well, just to, to add, you know, um, Bonobo. Uh, does anyone know Bonobo here? No, bonobo Black Sands. It's, it's more of like a. An electronic ambient music. Okay. Wow. And then I think Ryan Bingham's Mescalito. Um, it's a great album. And then obviously the classics. I got to go with Led Zeppelin too, for sure. I mean, all right. How can you get over that?
1: Maybe
3: yeah. that's how you guys connected. Like yeah, your you're on the same Led Led Zeppelin, album. There right know? Go. you know? go.
2: <laughs> Babe, I'm going to leave you. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm just kidding. I'm right here. <laughs> uh,
3: that's great. Um, cool. All right. One last question on my end. If you guys <laughs> had to lose one of your senses, which would it be? Because I feel like, like a lot of our wine people, like it, it, there's an obvious one that they're like, ah. Oh, but I feel like you guys, as musicians and winemakers, like there's one that I don't know. I feel like yeah, it'd be more it could difficult. be a different
1: answer. Yeah. So we're very curious.
2: Oh man, I mean, I, I guess at the end of the day, while I know it's connected to taste, I would, I would have to choose to lose my sense of smell. Um, really. I know how important that is to being able to taste things. But if, if I, you know, uh, sight is is important to me, obviously being able to hear yeah. mu- music mm-hmm. is huge at least in the way that we play it uh, yeah. there's some really wonderful and creative ways to, if you do struggle with hearing that you can do that but uh, for me while I wouldn't be able to taste the same you know I've been doing this for 13 years and even without tasting the wines or tasting the grapes which would be very sad or tasting them differently I'm, I'm confident that you know Rudy Zudima who's my winemaker and the other people around me could help direct me back from like wow this really tastes like stinky cheese like no uh- <laughs> no it doesn't that's the fact that you cannot smell sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well never mind and then right. is it gonna be just getting clorox no no clorox ah <laughs> egregious <laughs> no
1: all right so smell would be out all right I,
0: I do taste i mean i i love food and everything but if i had to i mean i was i was born legally blind so I, that's not really kind of like really yeah yeah i, I got LASIKs and now it's kind of i still got one eye that sees better than the other kind of oh, smell wow. up but um i'd say taste i mean i love food but it just seems like that would be the one since i'd be able to give up okay I
2: mean, I didn't know you were born legally blind. That's probably why it happened when we first met. He's like, "Damn, girl, are you hot? Yeah, it could have been <laughs> hot." Now it's starting to come. Yeah, yeah. I have a beard. Ah. I'm so- <laughs> no, <I'm> so-
0: <laughs> all right. Well,
1: <laughs> thank you both for coming in. This was such a treat. Thank yes. you for playing live music for us again. How can people find you and listen to your music and follow your journey?
2: Uh, follow the journey on Rhodes Devereaux. Uh, that's Instagram and uh, TikTok, and that's where I would start because we've got all these demo cuts and rough cuts where you can see kind of what got us to where we are. It's also where we'll be releasing the new song. So, Rhodes Devereaux, you can also get that on Spotify and uh, and Apple Music, but those links are all also to be found on, on our Instagram page. So, start there and you can contact us there as well. We are currently talking to a couple of different people about scoring uh, some short films and Ooh, some wow, other cool. cool stuff like that. And so, reach out, creative ideas. Uh, reach out if you're looking for a band to play. Uh, but more than anything, please just take a moment and add us to your uh, to your Spotify playlist and follow us because uh, it means the world. It makes a huge difference. And uh, I really would like to think that we're going to be coming out with things you want to hear.
1: Yay. Excellent. All right. Our guests today uh, from the band Rhodes Devereaux, Ian Devereaux White, and Jefferson Lee Rhodes. You can find the uh, winery, Smith Devereaux, at smithdevereaux.com. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, Coco. Bye. Bye. Thank Thanks, you guys. y'all.
0: Thanks for listening to Rockin' Vino. Check out more great content online at rockinvino.com.